Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, I'm Scott Soshnick. And I'm Evan Novi Williams, and this is the It's in the Game Sports Business Podcast, the Sportacast. Uh, we're chatting with Ken Weber, EA Sports President. And Cam, I, I got to say, uh, if you're a listener to the show, you know I like to critique Evan's opens. Uh, I mean, he brought very good energy. Which he usually does, not always, but he brought very good energy. But I, I, I really kill him on on sort of the degree of difficulty because <laughs> nine out of ten people pulled on the street would have come with it's in the game. It's a big cliche. It's great, great catchphrase. Not attacking catch the catchphrase. Phrase. Great catchphrase. But for these purposes, like no creativity, nothing. Just went, just went straight. So please, Cam Weber. Uh, would you please tell Novi Williams how to do his job? And if you could come up with one, how would you have introed the show? I don't know. I have no idea. I probably would have said the same thing. See, Scott, wow. it works. It works. That, that was like the soundtrack of my childhood, by the way. The EA Sports is in the game. I feel like that was like just nostalgia for me, yeah. uh, for me sure. Me you want the soundtrack of my – and like I would – rather than something being said, I can actually give you the soundtrack of my childhood because I'm older than Mr. Novi Williams, who, by the way, is getting pretty old. Ready, Evan? <laughs> waka, 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 waka. That's the soundtrack yeah. of my childhood. That's Pac-Man right there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Care to jump in, Cam? Soundtrack of your childhood. Soundtrack of my childhood. Wow. By the way, I'm sure your PR team did not prepare you for this. <laughs> yeah, wow. Uh, oh, my gosh. I, I'm, I mean, I'm thinking about, like football locker rooms and like rage against the machine and Metallica getting fired up for like running out onto the field. Um, that's what comes to mind uh, when I think about my childhood and sports and kind of like what used to fire me up. I like, enter Sandman, sleep with one eye open, all the good stuff. I, yeah. I, I love it. All right, Cam, tell me here, um, uh, uh, that catchphrase itself, let's just start there because we're talking about it. How important has it been? I, I mean, you know, people... They work long and hard. They, they do marketing and focus groups. And a lot of times, nothing ever close to that sticks. You got a good one. Yeah, and, and it, it, it has been around since the beginning of time. It's something that stuck with me before I even joined EA. And um, I, I, I think it just was this little bit of magic that, that showed up many years ago, probably 25, 30 years ago. And, and it just stood the test of time. And I think it's, a, it's simple, but it also speaks to a lot about who we are and what we do for the world and the fact that, you know, we, we strive to build these authentic simulations of sport that allow fans to engage in a totally different way. And whether it's living the fantasy of participating in those sports or 
just actually engaging in a deeper level of fandom around their favorite sports and teams and clubs and 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 so on. So I think I think it's in the game is a is a great line uh, to represent who we are and what we do. Hey Cam, can you give me the direct email or phone number for the complaint department for uh, teenager addiction? Because <laughs> I, you know I'd like to call. You are responsible for uh, I don't know how many hours of sitting uh, for my son. Who and I think you'll love this part though because Evan and I talk about this all the time. How do you reach the kids? And how do you separate me from my money? And I got to tell you, man, the Xbox is an evil, evil device. But he he doesn't uh, he does not like to watch sports. He's an athlete. He plays, but he will absolutely get in on the video games, man. I'm telling you, you know, tell me what those meetings are like when you're like, what do you mean? How do you get the kids? We got the kids. What doesn't the NFL? What doesn't the NBA? Everybody, what, what, do, what do they know? We got the kids. This is pretty easy, right? Yeah, you know what's interesting? That reminds me of a story. I was actually we we had a meeting once at the headquarters at the headquarters of Adidas. We were there with their kind of uh, the, the head of their global football department. This is a few years back, and just remember connecting with them and talking about what's important to them, what's important to us. And I remember telling them the story at the time. So my son, who plays sports, loves sports, also plays a ton of games. He's on his Xbox and plays a ton of all of our titles and other uh, games as well. But similar, he just turned sixteen and and. You know, my house had become at the time, a few years ago, that this kind of center place for all of his friends from down the street and around the neighborhood. They, they would come over and hang out and they would play a ton of the games. And because of my job, like we've got all of the sports titles and, um, all, and yeah. <laughs> so we'd have like four or five boys all in. They'd be playing. And, and, and interestingly, then Fortnite happened and they all started playing Fortnite for a period of time. It was probably six months where they played nothing yep. but Fortnite. Um, and well, then you, actually, it sounds like you um, lived in my house, Cam, just so, yeah, just so yeah. you know. It sounds like you and, lived in my house. Yeah, and then they, they kind of like waited off of Fortnite, went back to the sports titles. And, but I saw very different behavior. And I love Fortnite. Fantastic game from effort, I, I, from Epic. I, I'm nothing negative to say about Fortnite. But there was a real difference in what I saw from this collection of boys who at the time were probably like 12 years old and now they're all 16. But um, what I see when they engage in our, in our sports titles and it's not just our EA Sports titles, it's absolutely true, but it's also true for like, you know, whether it's NBA 2K or MLB The Show or other, you know, sports-related genre games, is they come in and then they play. They play deeply. They compete with each other. There's the ups and downs and the, the, the thrill of the win and the agony of defeat and all of that that happens. You can hear it in the living room as they're all engaging. And then after about an hour or two of play... I just look outside and bang, they're out in the yard, throwing the football, they're playing touch football in the backyard, competing just mm. as hard. And then they're in the pool and they're having like a cannonball diving competition. And whoa, to whoa, see whoa, who whoa, wins. Whoa, and whoa, then- whoa. Time out, time out. Then in the pool, <laughs> if you tell me you've got a, a pantry full of chips and pretzels, I'm coming over. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, the thing that was amazing to me is I saw it and then they back inside and now they're playing the different sports game and they're competing again. And it, Playing our games, playing sports games, actually not only is fun and engaging for players, it also encourages them to go out and compete and play those sports outside as well. Meanwhile, in that period of time when they're playing Fortnite, they literally would sit in that living room for the entire day. I had to kick them out of the house. Get out. You've played for five straight hours. Get outside and do something outside. (laughs) And they reluctantly went out to the backyard. And so like what I was explaining in this meeting with Adidas was just that I personally, when I think about who we are as EA Sports and the products and services that we provide for the world, I don't want our players to just be sitting on the couch for 12 hours straight playing our games. 
I'd love for them to dive in, play the game for a while, go outside, participate in the sport, be a fan, go watch some of the sport. Um, and what we see in our EA sports games that's different than like the rest of our EA portfolio and the rest of kind of the industry portfolio in terms of engagement is that we see these things like called session days that through the year when we look at what our players are doing, the amount of days they come back and engage, they, they turn on the game, play for a period of time, leave, come back a few days later, and we all through the season, and it tends to happen when big moments of the sports happen. So when mm. there's a big UFC pay-per-view event, giant spike that week in like engagement in our UFC game. And when the Stanley Cup is on, people dive in in between into our NHL game and so on. So we see these big spikes and then they go engage in their fandom. So I think I feel like how we're different in the video game space is that we play this really important role, especially with like Gen Z, Gen Alpha, like anyone under the age of 25 as a sports fan, they're gamers first. And so like we play this critical role in how they engage in the sport but we don't replace fandom. We enhance it, and then they go when they engage in all the other parts. And I love yeah, that. We don't really need Novi Williams here. He, he doesn't have kids. But let, I, I'm going to expound. You let me know if it's the same in your house, because I'm assuming it will. I can't see how, because all the idiots behave the same. One, I feel like they're coming through the ceiling. That's one. Like sometimes when they do for whatever celebration, there's a running and a stomping that you're like, you're going to break the plaster. That's one. Yes. And two, and my wife doesn't love this part. Not, you know, I've sort of given up. Uh, I do yell up all the time, stop with the F-bombs. Is it this? Uh, uh, they lear- they, he has learned the art of taunting through video games as well. Yeah. And I'm like, stop with the F-bomb. Same in your house, Cam? A little bit. I mean, there's definitely the range <laughs> and there's the... I, you know, I, my son likes to close that door. So we don't know. We don't hear everything that's going on in there. Smart. But we do hear when the shouts and the screams and the... The, the, the controllers flying across the room. That stuff does tend to happen, yes. And I'm going to, te- I'm going to make a tease here, Edmund, you're good, and then you jump in with it. I know you got a lot, but I'm going yeah. to tease. I have a revenue opportunity for you, Cam. So I, 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 we'll, we'll come back to it, but I've got a revenue <laughs> opportunity. Learned from Fortnite, which I don't know if you thought about it or not, but we'll see if it's even possible for you guys to pull it off. Go ahead, Mr. Novi. Well, I was going to stick on Fortnite for a second. I, I'm curious if you guys took anything away from that kind of white-hot moment that Fortnite had about the, the way in which – it seemed like a lot of kids of, of certain ages were gathering. It kind of replaced, as you said, a lot of other types of socializing. If, if you think the kind of the post Fortnite launch EA sports games took yeah. anything differently or changed at all business wise that, that, that learned from that moment. Yeah. So I, I think, I think it, it's absolutely true. And it, it, it's actually the power of what we call atomic network. So groups of friends of like two to five friends, uh, it's not about like cl- coming together with 20 or 30 friends at a time. It's about like, who are the two to five friends that are closest to you, that mean the most to you, that you want to go hang out with inside of a game, whether you want to compete against them or with them or alongside them. And it's finding new gameplay experiences that allow those atomic networks of two to five friends to spend time together inside of our game. Um, in meaningful ways. And so like, you know, when you think about a lot of the the heritage of whether you're playing our old FIFA titles or now FC or with like with Madden and our, our games, a lot of it's 1v1 competitive. You're controlling an entire team against another entire team, either against a stranger online or on the couch against a friend. And, um, and I think what we've been investing in and we believe is very important right now is actually creating new experiences, whether it's cooperative experiences within our modes, um, like we do with our F1 cooperative career experience, 
whether it's um, emphasizing modes like pro clubs in NFC, which is like, you know, 11 friends being able to come together, 11 individual avatars controlling together at the same time. What could together. go wrong there? Yeah. <laughs> um, or, but it's also like building out um, things like spaces within the game where they can, it's not just about the, the, the heat of the action, but what happens in between the action where players just want to be on the screen together and self-express a little bit. And so we definitely got a lot of inspiration from Fortnite and every other successful social game in the market right now. And, and I think you'll see not only in how we emphasize the games that we've just launched, but also in the, the versions of the games that we'll be launching in the next couple of years, you'll see us really emphasize how we allow players to connect and engage with their friends um, whether that be on the pitch or the field or the, or the ice or whatever that might be, um, and finding interesting ways for them to just, you know, have the game as like that, that space where they can hang out and spend time with their friends. How much, how much of your time is spent uh, engaging directly with leagues? There are obviously some licensing deals and other parts of, 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 of league operations that are just very transactional. You, you get the rights, you, you put them on your packaging, etc. I get the sense that yours is probably a lot more collaborative than, than, than most licensing deals in other worlds. I, I'm curious yeah. how much you are, let's say Madden, for example, how much your time you're spending and, and your team yeah, is spending so directly working I'm... with the NFL? There's, there's me and then there's like the team and like as a group, we engage with them daily, uh, daily, weekly. Um, you know, we have people on the Madden team that are engaging with the NFL and updating them all the time. And so, and what comes up daily? What comes up in the middle of a season? So, that, I mean, that a lot of times, well, first of all, it's like regular updates on how the business is doing. How is engagement? How is acquisition? How are the, how is the business going? And then the other thing is that we're constantly updating our game. So we, we, every a lot of times it's daily at the very least weekly across our portfolio. We are bringing live con like we're bringing content inspired by what's happening in the real world and whether creating new animation to come in or updating with updated character uh, assets or whether we are bringing new um, inspired content into things like ultimate team. We're constantly bringing new uh, content into the game based on what's happening in the real world. All of those things need, uh, you know, need to be worked through with the licensor. We get approvals. A lot of our licensors will have approval rights on the content. And so before we can go live with it, they review it, provide feedback. And so we're, there's that whole loop of the how we get content from a concept, build it, get feedback, iterate, get approval, and then put it into the game. That happens every day. Now, that's not what I do every day, but like the teams are doing that all the time. And that ranges based on wherever the game would be. Yeah, what the hell do you do, Cam? I, <laughs> I do nothing. I just sit around and watch kids play our games. I supervise. I'm a, yeah, somebody has to supervise. Yeah. Are, are you working, thought at all about trying to get Taylor Swift into, into the game? Oh jump jump oh cut when the, uh, during the Chiefs up to the box and have a little yeah, avatar of no, Taylor if Swift. If he says no, clapping. I want him fired at the right now. If you say no, I want you out of a job right now, Cam. <laughs> That's it. You better not say no. Yeah. I know teams have been talking about that. I don't know where that is that, but um, you know, we did. I don't know, like I don't know if any of you are UFC gaming fans, but like Hasbula burst onto the scene. Mm, you know, a little yeah, guy hanging with some of the fighters, yeah. and we literally, like, we, we I think we got a call from Dana White uh, about a year and a half ago, and he's like, "We gotta get Hasbula into the game." <laughs> so we literally built in and patched in Hasbula as he comes out on the when he walk on the walk-ins for some of the fighters that he's associated with. He's as you know part of that entourage walking up to the ring and everything, and so he an example of someone who burst onto the to the scene, and then we found a way to get him into the game um, in kind of like talking through with the licensor. So we do that stuff, 
And then for myself, like I'm, we, we are on a less frequent than daily, but more like every few months, I'm definitely connecting with the senior folks at our various licensors. And like, we, we just had a couple of days with the NFL in, in uh, Redwood Shores in, in, in California just a couple of weeks ago. And, and we spent a bunch of time with them and updated them on where we're going with this year, next year, and the years ahead, and some of the exciting things we have on the horizon. And so we, we, we definitely do that and maintain those relationships along the way. Um, and, and that's across a broad collection of licenses. We have a lot of sports franchises and a lot of partners. Our FC business, we have over 300 licensing partners across that collective business. So it's a, yeah. it's a massive gig. And we have people that work full time in partner management and in kind of working in business, like in, in maintaining those relationships. I, I want to now that you you mentioned FC. I, I want to transition in, into that. This is the first year of of the EA Sports soccer game not being called FIFA. A, a change in, in in the top line licensing there. Um, I was very curious about what that shift was going to mean for 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 fans. Um, if you can give us give us numbers. What what have you seen in the first few months of of I guess a little bit more than that at this point. But in in the first half year of sales for for the new non-FIFA EA Sports soccer game. What have you seen and, and, and what has surprised you? Sure. So the game's doing really well. And so we are seeing growth, you know, over and above last year. Last year was an all-time record year. We had double World Cups with both the men's and women's World Cup mm-hmm. last year. It was, all the, it was also the last year of the FIFA title branding of the game. And so it, it, it was a massive record year and we are up versus prior year. And as we, you know, we had gone out and, and announced, I think we had, we had a record first week. I think we had um, 11.3 million players in the first week that came into kind of the console HD game. I think we had um, about 12 million mobile downloads in the first couple of weeks as well, which was a record and up to what, you know, 20% versus the year before. Um, so the game's doing very well and it's had strong engagement, uh, all the way through up. So I think we're going to be, we're going to have growth versus prior year versus a record year last year. So it, what it feels like to me is it's not only a continuation, but it's a kind of strength building on top of strength. And what I, what I, what I think about when I think about that, um, that decision and how we transitioned through that, it's, it's really about what our the priorities of our gaming community and what, what's really important. I think in our space, what's really important is the gaming community. It matters more than anything. And we have this massive global community of players around the world that engage with our, our football titles across the FC brand. And I think it's over 150 million players that touch some form or some experience around the world on some platform linked to our FC IP. And that community, once again, they're connected to each other, they're connected to our games. Um, most of them are coming back year on year or engaging month to month or week to week. And we're constantly feeding these giant, this giant network and community with content. And that matters more than anything else. And so what we want to do is we always want to build the most authentic experience based on the feedback we have from them, what we know is most important to them. And as we built our long range licensing strategy around where we would take that, something we did three, four years ago, as we are thinking about what's yeah. important. Um, and we just kind of stack rank all of the most important licenses we need to deliver what the players want and what's important to them. And so, and then we go out and we try to get the best deals we can to try and get all the content we need. Um, and so that's, that's kind of what led to the decision to not move forward with the title naming rights with, with FIFA on the box and all that kind of stuff. So, um, 
But it doesn't mean that we won't in the future partner with, with the FIFA organization again with some of the stuff that they own and some of their licensed content. Um, we're always looking to add new things to the game. We just announced this year's Euros. We're doing a major update, kind of like we did with World Cup last year. We're going to have a major Euro update coming uh, in the new year for players to you know, play the Euro um, in, its, in its updated form within this year's game. And we'll always be looking to have the latest competitions, the latest teams and clubs and, and you know, content for our players. That's what we do, but it's complex. And like I said, it's over 300 licenses across all the players, the clubs, the leagues, and they're all separate in this big fragmented world of global football. I, I would assume that there's a lot of people, the, the folks that I know that, that love and play the game every year still call it FIFA. Uh, how much have you guys thought about trying to kind of change the habits or do you care at all about how long kind of the legacy of the name lingers yeah. for people who are playing? Uh, it's interesting. I mean, we, 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 we tried to do it for a while internally, like, you know, just last year as we were leading yeah, up sure. to this launch, yeah. like, okay, let's do a review on FC24 and it would slip out FIFA 24. Like, whoa, <laughs> yeah, exactly. really, it's almost like there's a little money jar where every time you say the wrong name. Um, so it, that it, would be your, that would be your F bomb in the company. It would be FIFA. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so it, I mean, it, it takes a while, but I think, I think it will just evolve over time. And, and like the one thing I want to just emphasize is like FIFA were great partners. So we, we, we partnered with them for over 20 years and we did a lot of great stuff together. And I hope we'll do more things together in the future. And, and this is really more about where we want to take this giant brand and gaming community and the types of things that we want to you know evolve the game into and needing some agility to take the brand into the places where our gamers really want it to be and um and so that that's really what we're doing and why we're doing it but it doesn't mean that we're never going to work with the fifa organization again because they've got some really great content and really important competitions that like we we would love to be associated with in the future as well EA Sports President Cam Weber. He's on the pod. See what I did there, Evan? Uh, that's a little creativity. In, in uh, pod, I got to go yeah. back, though, Cam. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pesky guy. I, you know, you say a little nugget. I'm curious. I think, like, the NFL, we talk about it all the time. Dominant league. I get it. 800-pound gorilla. But they need to find a way to reach kids. They're doing SpongeBob broadcasts. I get it. They're trying things. It's great. Um, in those strategy meetings, what do they say? What do they want? What do they say to you guys? I'm sure you listen to the clients as well as talk to them and dictate. They but what do the they want? Thing. They want the same thing we want. And so I think they and, want money and, and it's actually, <laughs> I'm sure they want money as well. But I think when we talk to all of our league partners across all of the sports that we're in, and that's a lot of sports, um, everybody wants to find a way to connect with this next generation of sports fan. And, and it's the Gen Alpha, Gen Z, the under 25 group that they don't watch live sports the way that our generations did. And they, they, they love sport. Like that one, there, there's kind of a, a, a you know, uh, this, this misunderstanding, I think, for some people that they think that Gen Z fans don't love sports. They actually love sports even more than generations before them. They just consume them very differently and they consume them on multiple screens. They love star athletes probably more than loyalty to teams at times. They, they want to, they are just as interested in seeing the biggest highlights, but across a whole bunch of uh, games rather than sitting and watching one game for three hours at a time. And interactivity is really important and social. They want to feel like they're doing it with their friends as they do it in a digital form. And the great thing for us, you know, we've said it a little bit on the, in this time, is that like we, we at EA Sports, we, we're the ones that engage with fans. We're almost like the front door for sports fans. And we will be even more so in the 10 to 20 years ahead of us because 
prior to those younger generations that they're they're following in the footsteps of what those ahead of them are doing and and so we have this amazing opportunity as as you know these generations who are gamer first and entertainment ip second we can form the kind of kernel seed of their sports fandom and then find ways to inter interestingly kind of in a like lowering the friction to allowing them to get to all of the other parts of their fandom and how they consume um, their fandom with the NFL. And obviously the NFL wants to grow internationally. So how do we expose our game to more international fan fans? Well, I can tell you like we have FC, which is the, not only is it the biggest uh, sports video game in the world, it is the biggest video game in the Western world right now. And according to our internal data on a trailing 12 month basis, it is above Call of Duty, it is above Fortnite, it is the number one video game IP in the Western world, period. So it's, uh, we, we, we have this massive global audience that we engage with and then we have all these different sports, whether it be F1 or UFC or NHL um, with you know Madden and all that. And so we, we have these interesting opportunities uh, to, to engage with these sports fans. And I think with the NFL, it's like, how do we work together to help grow the sport of football and the popularity of the sport. And actually college football is a big conversation that we had with them as well. And we have a college football game coming this year that I'm super excited about. But like, how do we utilize a combination of a Madden and a college football and do it in a way that allows players to not only enjoy each of those games, but opportunities for them to enjoy both of the games and also like to really look to like grow football fandom. Like we, what we all want, the NFL, us, everyone else, the NFL Players Association, everybody just wants to grow the fandom in the sport and allow people more, you know, this next generation more opportunity to engage and become lifelong fans. You must love like the cult of authenticity though, because I'll tell you, like I'm too cheap to keep every year upgrading each game. Now, oh, it's just a download. It's easy. I'm like, just play Chell 22. And, you know, my focus group of one, which is what I call him and his pals. He's like, dad, like I can't, his favorite team's the Blackhawks. I can't be the Blackhawks if Bedard's not on the team. Like, I just can't. So, I mean, you, you really, you, you, you've got them wrapped. You're good. You've got them addicted. They've got it. It's got to be the current roster. You know, you could do post, you know, trade deadline stuff. You could even extract dollars there. You want somebody who was just traded. We'll get you in the new uniform first. It's a $5 upgrade. But, I mean, you really, you really is, it's in the now. You have them in the now in the moment, which, which is a great place to be. And I'm sure it would not surprise you that you're part of the marketing plans of all the leagues years ago. I mean, I'm going back years. I really don't remember how many. But I had somebody from MLS tell me, our goal is just to get one of our venues in the game. That's the foot in the door to promote the brand. What are those conversations like for upstart leagues? Do they come to you and say, what do they want? How do, they understand it's a vehicle to the audience. Absolutely. And so like when I speak broadly across all of the sports that we're in and the collection of different leagues that are in, they're very different depending on the size of the league. So to, speaking with the English Premier League, the behemoth English Premier League, the most popular I've league heard, I've heard of it. Uh, in that sport, that, that is a very different conversation than when we're speaking with, you know, a league in some small country in the world that, that not many people outside of that country know about. And so we, we try to do our best to just engage in those conversations. We're very transparent about look at the size of our platform, look at the amount of players that engage on a daily, weekly basis and how many players we can reach. And, and so sometimes we do deals where um, we, and by the way, it costs money for us to actually invest in implementing leagues and licensed content into our game. So we, we invest in that. And then, and sometimes it's, it's a different type of deal where they're getting the exposure out of that. Um, and then there's other situations like the premier league where it's like, you know, they, they, we get a lot of value from them as well, based on like the popularity of the content that they have. So it definitely is, uh, 
it's a it's a massive collection of varied relationships across hundreds of licensors that we work with across our portfolio. Let, let's talk college football for a second. The, the, as you said, next summer, I believe, is the is the is the planned release date for the for the return of the of the EA Sports college football game after a hiatus. I have been fascinated over the past decade about how the the video games disappearance became kind of the vehicle for a lot of fans and college football advocates to talk about player rights and all that. Um, and I know you guys have spent a, a lot of time thinking about how to get players into the game. Uh, give us an update on where that stands right now as as it seems like NIL restrictions and rules change by the minute or by the day, even state by state. What is the current thinking and plan for EA Sports to have players in that college football game next year? So first of all, I mean, I'm super excited. I'm, I'm a football fan first and I'm, I, you know, former football player and I, I, I love the sport and I love that franchise and I worked wait, wait, on Hold franchise. on, Cam, hold on. You said you were a former football player. Did you play against guys who weighed more than 170 pounds? <laughs> yes, I did. Oh, okay, because Eb- Eben didn't. So, I, I did you not, know. yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, yeah, he is a lightweight football player. So I'm glad, I'm not, the, you really were in the game, unlike Mr. Novi Williams. Someday okay, just the, sprint, to, the, the EA Sports Sprint Football game Yeah, the Sprint gonna, Football game should do yeah. very well. I just <laughs> want to make sure that we, we're apples to apples here. Okay. All right, all right. Um, but I, I'm super excited about the game, and I think like we've assembled a team of some of it are internal folks that really want to work, and some of it is like we brought back people that were from the former team, and then we brought in a lot of new mm-hmm. people as well. But they are a super pack. Every single person on that team that's building that game loves college football, and so it's a game that the love and passion for the sport is being poured into everything that they're doing, and. It is very much a rebuild of a lot of the stuff in the game. So all the modes like, you know, Road to Glory and Dynasty and these modes that we had back in like 14 and 13. I mean, that's like almost 10 years ago now um, that we, we've essentially had to rebuild all of those things and all of those experiences. Things like, like what is recruiting like now versus what it was back then and totally different. And so trying to represent the modern sport and the modern nuances of how the sport works in a, in a super authentic experience and... So I, I'm super excited, and, and the team is making amazing progress. We are going to launch it this summer. Um, we also, and we've got, we've got lots of schools and conferences and lots of licensed content there too, but you know, as we've, you know, we've talked about, we do want to bring in some players as well through NIL. It is a complex environment, and there are so many players, like tens of thousands of players that play on these massive college football rosters and they move around constantly and move around constantly year to year and they're in and they're off, off to the pros. And so it's not the same as what we do with licensing and likeness and in other sports where we have these professional league organizations and we license that and then we get the roster and we put it. It's a very, very different thing. And so... Um, we have not announced what we're doing with NIL, and there's been rumors out in the market. They're all yeah, let, let, let's clear it up. Let's clear it up here and now. Yeah, yeah. well, <laughs> I am not going to today talk about what our plans are. We're still working through finalizing those deals, but we are going to. We are designing something that we we want it to be equitable. We want it to be inclusive. We'd like to get as many. Um, players from these schools as possible to have the opportunity to be in the game. But there is a scale that is so massive that we, we need to take a different type of approach. Um, and then there's the economics of it. And we're working through all of that right now. And we're, we're going to share more in the new year um, because it's not finalized yet. And we're not, we're not locked down in what we're doing. So I don't have any more to share other than we do want to have players in the game from the schools. And there's a lot of complexity and we're working through that right now. 
And we, one of the things we, that I, I think we'll have a cool solution that allows lots of players to be involved. One of the things that I imagine is, is one of the challenges here is, is, is trying to figure out the, the, there are some star star players in college sports, right? And then there's a whole bunch on the back end that are not stars, right? And, and, and either don't play that much or play positions that they're not, they're not frequently talked about on television or fans don't think about. Um, and, and trying to figure out, I imagine, whether it's a flat rate for everybody or if there is some kind of gradient among who has more valuable NIL than others. I imagine that's probably one of the, the challenges. Am I right about it? It is. Yeah, it's absolutely complex. And, uh, and we don't other, not only do we want to do it, we also want to do it in the right way and, and represent this collection of athletes as you described. And so it's uh, once again, we're still working through it. So I, I can't share any more detail today, but like we'll, we'll have more to share in the new year. And, and then right, one let, more on that, just on, on the school side, I don't know if you can say how many of the 150 FBS schools you, you guys have, have committed, but I, I assume there's going to be some schools that, that end up for, for, for reason X or Y not being, being playable, or am I, am I wrong about that? I mean, the last that I checked, I meet with the team every couple of weeks, but last I, the last I checked, we, we have a lot. Um, I, I don't have the latest number. I think we're, I think we're at least 130 um, so we're really close to getting everyone and we're still working through the details of that kind of like our FC business college licensing is complex and there are a lot of individuals and we yeah. do work with some centralized partners like one team partners where we kind of like work to kind of consolidate things but it's super complex but uh, we will get as many of those schools as we possibly can um and uh and we will include uh as many of the athletes as we can based on how we kind of roll out some of the nl nil stuff that we'll announce or, or talk about more in the new year Eben, let's have let's have some fun here be great you know ea sports locks up all schools except for florida state no need to have them says cam weber <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna ask how, how difficult notre dame was being in, in this process <laughs> I live in Florida, so I, I feel a bit of that pain. I'm a Washington Huskies fan, lifelong, and so I'm pretty thrilled with their. You're happy with your apple. Yeah. You're happy with your apple cups. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I do feel I feel bad for Florida State. I, I, they're 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 an incredible team. I was at the game against LSU that was here in Orlando, and mm. went, went there with my son. What an incredible performance that was! And so, yeah, it's uh, it's a tough one. Yeah, I, I, had have, a, I had one, a great. I, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was going to say I've got one, one last question. That's a, it's kind of a, a tangent, but I've been meaning to ask someone at ES, EA, EA this question for like ten years. Uh, when when QSI bought Paris Saint Germain uh, a decade ago, um, some of their folks were in the Bloomberg office when I was working there, uh, and they asked. Uh, you may remember this, Scott. You might have been in the meeting. They asked how how do they grow PSG's presence in America, and my first answer was you get Zlatan on the cover of of FIFA. That, like that's the thing um yeah. and, and their response was how do we do that and i said i have no idea so so i'll ask you cam what um what is the process for choosing who gets to be on the cover what team gets to be on the cover? it's yeah. such valuable real estate um i imagine there's a lot of lobbying for it how does that how do those decisions get made yeah it's interesting and it's definitely it's in kind of like our brand management or our marketing department they work through the campaign what's going to be important for that year a variety of considerations go into it from like, what's the feature set for that year and what's the perfect athlete to put on the cover that represents those things that we're trying to do in the game. That's part of it. Another part of it is like, you know, what is the social media presence of that athlete? Because as we launch the game and those players are up front, they're like, they're ambassadors. We're not just hiring them to have their picture on the cover. We're hiring them as an ambassador um, to promote the game uh, through their channels, through our channels and everywhere along the way. 
Um, and what we tend to do on some of our bigger titles, like you know FC and Madden, is we actually we will hire a, a, a team of ambassadors, and some of which might be on covers in certain regions around the world, but all of them will be engaged in our campaigns and like and the events that we drive, not only at launch but through the year as well. And you know, you talk about um, PSG, and you know, Mbappe has been an incredible partner for us, and he's been on multiple covers. And he's definitely, a, he's got a massive presence and he's a huge star in the world of, of global football. And he's, he plays a really important role in our franchise. And PSG is one of, the, one of the clubs that is one of the most used clubs in our game on a global basis. So um, I'm you're absolutely you right. Our game's a great vehicle for it. And Mbappe has been at, I, I, I mean, they might not have realized it at the time, but Mbappe was the solution to their, uh, their <laughs> yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. just yeah, sign exactly. this young French kid. Yeah. Yep. Yes. And, and by the yeah. way, free, free, I'm giving you free advice here. Take it, leave it, whatever. But for, for the next NFL game, for the next Madden game, and I'm a very rudimentary drawer, but I don't know what people can see here. This should be the oh, cover. This big, this big picture here <laughs> is Taylor Swift. <laughs> this is Travis Kelsey down here. <laughs> that, that, should be, that should be the new cover. That, there you go. Don't just take it. Don't you don't have to footnote it. Just take it and run away. But that's my suggestion. And by the way, I mean, we've gone over time with you here, but are you going to let you're going to get away here without asking me what's your revenue generating idea, Scott? I mean, you want it? Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I've been waiting. Yeah. Yeah. It looked as if your, your, your breath was baited. So now I'll yes. uh, let, let me just give it to you now because right. I watched my son play Fortnite. And again, my credit card is attached to the machine. I mean, these are evil geniuses. But to win, you have to buy enhanced products, whether it's a weapon, a sword, a shield, a, a potion, or whatever. That costs money. Now, in the world of sport, is there ever a world in which there would be in-game purchases that would give you, oh, you want the better bat for the baseball? You want the stronger field goal? Is there ever a world, because that's not reality, but is there ever a world, but you know the competitive kids, they just want to win. They will buy the stronger armed quarterback who can throw it four yards further than the standard quarterback. And uh, my guess, unbeknownst to the parents, is that you'd have a whole hell of a lot of 99-cent purchases for all of those things in the game. Yeah. I, I, there's something that's really important to gamers that is the competitive balance and where we, we not only want to add value and content for players to engage in and, and, you know, and sometimes monetize if that's going to, you know, accelerate their progress, but we also need big parts of the game to like have that competitive balance there so that players can be on an equal playing field. And so like, it's a really touchy one. And so we're, we're always very careful in, in that, in, in how we think about monetized elements, but thank you for your idea. <laughs> but that, I think gamers around the world would would scream and criticize the pay to win nature of what you're talking about, and so it's just something we always have to be mindful of. As David Stern said to me, it's when they say nothing. Yeah, as David Stern said to me years ago, it's the people that say nothing and stay silent are the ones that he worries about. Those that scream are so passionate that he knows he's got them hooked. Scott, I thought I thought your suggestion was going to be to allow uh, professional athletes to buy better ranking points for some of the athletes. Well, I, I know they lobby, so if, right? If you oh, think I'm you're a 92. 93 speed, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah $10,000, yeah, yeah. you're a 94 speed. Yeah, yeah of course. Okay, again, but just, just to go back, Taylor Swift, <laughs> Travis Kelsey. There it is. We're done. I'll pass that along awesome. to our marketing department. <laughs> Eben, Eben, take us out, please. And by the way, I, Cam, I, I like to raz Eben as he's doing the, the outro because he struggles with it. Go ahead. Let's see if he can hey, do Cam, it Cam, are you on Twitter? 
Uh, not actively. Okay, I, I, gotcha. I, yeah, I follow a lot of people, but I don't. I don't. We we them. like to shout out the Twitter accounts if, if folks have them and, and want them. Uh, he is Cam Weber, president of EA Sports. Thank you very much to Cam for joining us. Uh, also, Scott Soshnik on Twitter at Soshnik. I am Eben Novi Williams on Twitter at Novi underscore Williams. The show is produced by Aaron Greenewald. Shout out to Aaron. Sportico's digital media editor, Cora Veltman, would like you to know that you can follow the show at Sportacast, which is the hub of the Sportico Media Network. Thank you.